wasn't any fun at all. As I'm sure you can imagine, there wasn't a single woman above a four, and that's being kind. A concept I heard about recently. My father paid my tuition, but I had to somehow pay for gas and assignments to copy, so I used my dad's credit line, bought a disaster of a building, and turned it into a super luxury dorm. It would be my first real estate development. I called it the Trump Deluxe Dormitory and Business Spa. It sold out in 41 minutes, a record for any student-owned university building that still stands today. When I became a little too potent for my mother and father to handle, and because it had become clear that two commanding officers couldn't coexist under one roof, my parents very, very graciously sent me to military school. Here was a paradise made just for me. I set a speed record for getting promoted by making lieutenant general in my first semester. I've checked with the Smithsonian Institute, and they say that no serviceman has ever risen through the ranks of any army as fast as I did. On graduation day, the school offered me 25 buildable prime acres and the rank of chief of staff if I would stay on. I respectfully declined. I had completed my military obligation to America, and now I had worlds to conquer. The deal I made my bones on was built on the back of one of New York's most embarrassing wrecks, Grand Central Station. By the time I took a look at this mess, the once great hub of transportation had become a bathroom stop for hookers. But I didn't see it as the pus-oozing sore it was, but as the brand-new, gleaming Trump International Hotel that nobody in New York could afford a room in. Not only did I build a very, very clean shrine and make this dream come true, but I got the city to pay for all the taxes until the year 3000 on my death, whichever comes first. This is the formula I now use on all my deals. First, I get somebody to pay every penny of the building costs, then I put my name on it and charge them a shitload of rent. Come on, people, I know you love it. Three Wives' Tales As my legend and my fortune grew, I had to start showing up with a wife so people wouldn't think I was, you know. I had met this Ivana Z something with 50 letters from Europe's East Coast at some fundraiser in support of New York City landlords. When I tell you she was gorgeous, I'm not lying. This was one very, very hot Czechoslovakian pierogi. Problem was, I couldn't understand a fucking word she said except for the Donald, and that would end up being my cross to bear for eternity or an extremely long time. But she looked good for a while until I met Marla Maples, a slippery little fish I discovered while looking through the real estate section of Wet Hot Submissive Waitress magazine. I had my people send a cab for her at my expense, bring her to my special room at Trump Tower so I could see if there was anything I could do to help her in her career. She was so lovely, I mean, childlike and innocent. I almost felt like I could be a father for about a second and a half. Three days later, I opened page six in the New York Post and saw the now famous headline with the quote from Marla, the best sex I ever had. At least she got that right. Eventually, the old adage type saying from a very, very wise man, or maybe a pimp came true. No matter how beautiful they are, There's always somebody that's tired of screwing them. That brings us to my third lady, and now America's first lady and the first female vice president, 
Melania Canals. I don't know what it is, but every other wife, I marry a chick with an unpronounceable disaster of a name. I met Melania at New York Fashion Week. Women's Wear Daily had begged to interview me so they could get a man with an actual schlong to give an opinion on the future of women's fashion. Mostly, I was trying to answer a shitload of gay questions while, at the same time, keeping thousands of fruitcakes from brushing up against me. Suddenly, the Sea of Ponces parted, and there stood Melania, a Slovenian smorgasbord if there ever was one. She actually spoke nine languages. Unfortunately, English was not one of them. So, in yet another very, very smart move, I let little Donald do the talking, and he got the job done. Now that we are together, I can say with a very, very large amount of gratitude,